Section 38 of Scott's Last Expedition, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bob Stretch. Scott's Last Expedition, Volume 1. The Journals of Robert Falcon Scott, arranged by Leonard Huxley. Chapter 18. The Summit Journey to the Pole. A Fresh Manuscript Book. On the Flyleaf. Ages, Self, 43. Wilson, 39. Evans, Petty Officer, 37. Oates, 32. Bowers, 28. Average, 36. Friday, December 22nd. Camp, 44, about 7,100 feet. Temperature, negative 1 degree. Barometer, 22.3 inches. This, the third stage of our journey, is opening with good promise. We made our depot this morning, then said an affecting farewell to the returning party, who have taken things very well, dear good fellows as they are. Footnote. Return of the first southern party, from latitude 85 degrees, 72 minutes south, top of the Beardmore Glacier. Party, E.L. Atkinson, A. Cherry Girard, C.S. Wright, Petty Officer Keoane. On the morning of December 22, 1911, we made a late start after saying goodbye to the eight going on, and wishing them all good luck and success. The first eleven miles was on the downgrade over the ice falls, and at a good pace we completed this in about four hours. Lunched and on, completing nearly twenty-three miles for the first day. At the end of the second day we got among very bad crevasses, through keeping too far to the eastward. This delayed us slightly. We made the depot on the third day. We reached the lower glacier depot three and a half days after. The lower part of the glacier was very badly crevassed. These crevasses we had never seen on the way up, as they had been covered with three to four feet of snow. All the bridges of the crevasses were concave and very wide, no doubt their normal summer condition. On Christmas Day we made in to the lateral moraine of the Cloudmaker and collected geological specimens. The march across the barrier was only remarkable for the extremely bad lights we had. For eight consecutive days we only saw an exceedingly dim sun during the three hours. Up to one-ton depot, our marches had averaged 14.1 geographical miles a day. We arrived at Cape Evans on January 28, 1912, after being away for three months. E.L. Atkinson End of footnote Then we started with our heavy loads, about 9.20. I, in some trepidation, quickly dissipated as we went off and up a slope at a smart pace. The second sledge came close behind us, showing that we have weeded the weak spots and made the proper choice for the returning party. We came along very easily and lunched at one, when the sledge meter had to be repaired, and we didn't get off again until 3.20, camping at 6.45. Thus, with seven hours marching, we covered ten and a half miles geographic, twelve statute. Observation Latitude, 85 degrees, 13 and a half minutes. Longitude, 161 degrees, 55 minutes. 
Variation 175 degrees, 46 minutes east. Tomorrow we march longer hours, about nine, I hope. Every day the loads will lighten, and so we ought to make the requisite progress. I think we have climbed about 250 feet today, but I thought it more on the march. We look down on huge pressure ridges to the south and southeast, and in fact all around except in the direction in which we go, southwest. We seem to be traveling more or less parallel to a ridge which extends from Mount Darwin. Ahead of us tonight is a stiffish incline, and it looks as though there might be pressure behind it. It is very difficult to judge how matters stand, however, in such a confusion of elevations and depressions. This course doesn't work wonders in change of latitude, but I think it is the right track to clear the pressures. At any rate, I shall hold it for the present. We passed one or two very broad, thirty feet, bridged crevasses with the usual gaping sides. They were running pretty well in north and south direction. The weather has been beautifully fine all day, as it was last night. Night temperature, negative nine degrees. This morning there was an hour or so of haze due to clouds from the north. Now it is perfectly clear, and we get a fine view of the mountain behind, which Wilson has been sketching. Saturday, December 23rd. Lunch. Barometer, 22.01 inches. Rise, 370. Started at 8, steering southwest. Seemed to be rising, and went on well for about three hours. Then got amongst bad crevasses and hard waves. We pushed to the southwest, but things went from bad to worse, and we had to haul out to the north, then west. West looks clear for the present, but it is not a very satisfactory direction. We have done eight and a half miles, geographic, a good march. Temperature, negative three degrees, southerly wind, force two. The comfort is that we are rising. On one slope we got a good view of the land and the pressure ridges to the southeast. They seemed to be disposed an echelon, and gave me the idea of shearing cracks. They seem to lessen as we ascend. It is rather trying having to march so far to the west, but if we keep rising we must come to the end of the obstacles sometime. Saturday night, Camp 45. Temperature, negative 3 degrees. Barometer, 21.61 inches. Rise, height, about 7,750 feet. Great vicissitudes of fortune in the afternoon march. Started west up a slope, about the fifth we've mounted in the last two days. On top, another pressure appeared on the left, but less lofty and more snow-covered than that which had troubled us in the morning. There was temptation to try it, and I have been gradually turning in its direction. But I stuck to my principle and turned west up yet another slope. On top of this, we got the most extraordinary surface. Narrow crevasses ran in all directions. They were quite invisible, being covered with a thin crust of hard nieve without a sign of a crack in it. We all fell in, one after another, and sometimes two together. We have had many unexpected falls before, but usually through being unable to mark the run of the surface appearances of cracks, or where such cracks were covered with soft snow. How a hardened crust can form over a crack is a real puzzle. It seems to argue extremely slow movement. Dead reckoning. 85 degrees, 22 minutes, 1 second south, 158 degrees, 31 minutes east. In the broader crevasses this morning we noticed that it was the lower edge of the bridge which was rotten, whereas in all the glacier the upper edge was open. 
Near the narrow crevasses this afternoon we got about ten minutes on snow which had a hard crust and loose crystals below. It was like breaking through a glass house at each step, but quite suddenly, at 5 p.m., everything changed. The hard surface gave place to regular stratugi and our horizon leveled in every direction. I hung on to the southwest until 6 p.m. and then camped with a delightful feeling of security that we had at length reached the summit proper. I'm feeling very cheerful about everything tonight. We marched 15 miles geographic, over 17 statute today, mounting nearly 800 feet and all in about eight and a half hours. My determination to keep mounting irrespective of course is fully justified, and I shall be indeed surprised if we have any further difficulties with crevasses or steep slopes. To me, for the first time, our goal seems really in sight. We shall pull our loads and pull them much faster and farther than I expected in my most hopeful moments. I only pray for a fair share of good weather. There is a cold wind now, as expected. But with our good clothes and well-fed as we are, we can stick a lot worse than we're getting. I trust this may prove the turning point in our fortunes for which we have waited so patiently. Sunday, December 24th, lunch. Barometer, 21.48 inches. Rise, 160 feet. Christmas Eve, 7.5 miles geographic. Due south and a rise, I think, more than shown by barometer. This in five hours, on the surface which ought to be a sample of what we shall have in the future. With our present clothes it is a fairly heavy plod, but we get over the ground, which is a great thing. A high-pressure ridge has appeared on the port bow. It seems isolated, but I shall be glad to lose sight of such disturbances. The wind is continuous from the south-southeast, very searching. We are now marching in our wind blouses and with somewhat more protection on the head. Barometer 21.41 inches. Camp 46. Rise for the day about 250 feet or 300 feet. Hypsometer 8,000 feet. The first two hours of the afternoon march went very well. Then the sledges hung a bit and we plodded on and covered something over 14 miles geographic in the day. We lost sight of the big pressure ridge, but tonight another smaller one shows fine on the port bow, and the surface is alternatively very hard and fairly soft. Dips and rises all around. It is evident that we are skirting more disturbances, and I sincerely hope it will not mean altering course more to the west. Fourteen miles in four hours is not so bad, considering the circumstances. The southerly wind is continuous and not at all pleasant in camp, but on the march it keeps us cool. Temperature, negative three degrees. The only inconvenience is the extent to which our faces get iced up. The temperature hovers around zero. We have not struck a crevasse all day, which is a good sign. The sun continues to shine in a cloudless sky, the wind rises and falls, and about us is a scene of the wildest desolation. But we're a very cheerful party, and tomorrow is Christmas Day, with something extra in the hoosh. Monday. December 25th, Christmas. Lunch. Barometer, 21.14 inches. Rise, 240 feet. The wind was strong last night and this morning. A light snowfall in the night. A good deal of drift, subsiding when we started, but still about a foot high. I thought it might have spoilt the surface, but for the first hour and a half we went along in fine style. 
Then we started up a rise, and to our annoyance found ourselves amongst crevasses once more. Very hard, smooth, neve, between ridges at the edge of crevasses, and therefore very difficult to get foothold to pull sledges. Got our ski sticks out, which improved matters, but we had to tack a good deal, and several of us went half down. After half an hour of this, I looked around and found the second sledge halted some way in the rear. Evidently, someone had gone into a crevasse. We saw the rescue work going on, but had to wait half an hour for the party to come up, and got mighty cold. It appears that Lashley went down very suddenly, nearly dragging the crew with him. The sledge ran on and jammed the span, so that the alpine rope had to be got out and used to pull Lashley to the surface again. Lashley says the crevasse was fifty feet deep and eight feet across, in the form U, showing that the word unfathomable can rarely be applied. Lashley is forty-four today and as hard as nails. His fall has not even disturbed his equanimity. After topping the crevasse ridge, we got to a better surface and came along fairly well, completing over seven miles geographic, just before one o'clock. We've risen nearly 250 feet this morning. The wind was strong, and therefore trying, mainly because it held a sledge. It's a little lighter now. Night, camp number 47. Barometer, 21.18 inches. Temperature, negative seven degrees. I am so replete that I can scarcely write. After sundry luxuries, such as chocolate and raisins at lunch, we started off well, but soon got amongst crevasses, huge snowfield roadways running almost in our direction, and across hidden cracks into which we frequently fell. Passing for two miles or so along between two roadways, we came on a huge pit with raised sides. Is this a submerged mountain peak or a swirl in the stream? Getting clear of crevasses and on a slightly down grade, we came along at a swinging pace. Splendid! I marched on until nearly 7.30 when we had covered 15 miles geographic, 17 and a quarter statute. I knew that supper was to be a tightener, and indeed it has been, so much that I must leave description till the morning. Dead reckoning. Latitude, 85 degrees, 15 minutes south. Longitude, 159 degrees, 8 minutes, 2 seconds, east. Barometer, 21.22 inches. Towards the end of the march, we seem to get into better condition. About us, the surface rises and falls on the long slopes of vast mounds or undulations. No very definite system in their disposition. We camped halfway up a long slope. In the middle of the afternoon, we got another fine view of the land. The Dominion Ridge ends abruptly, as observed, and then come two straits and two other masses of land. Similarly, north of the Wild Mountains is another strait and another mass of land. The various straits are undoubtedly outflows, and the masses of land mark the inner fringe of the exposed coastal mountains, the general direction of which seems to be about south-southeast, from which it appears that one could be much closer to the pole on the barrier by continuing on it to the south-southeast. We ought to know more of this when Evans's observations are plotted. I must write a word of our supper last night. We had four courses. The first, pemmican, full whack, with slices of horse meat flavored with onion and curry powder and thickened with biscuit. Then an arrowroot, cocoa, and biscuit hoosh sweetened. Then a plum pudding, then cocoa with raisins, and finally a dessert of caramels and ginger. After the feast, it was difficult to move. Wilson and I couldn't finish our share of plum pudding. We have all slept splendidly and feel thoroughly warm. Such is the effect of full feeding.
Tuesday, December 26th, lunch, barometer 21.11 inches. Four and three quarters hours, six and three quarters miles geographic. Perhaps a little slow after plum pudding, but I think we're getting on to the surface, which is likely to continue the rest of the way. There are still mild differences of elevation, but generally speaking, the plain is flattening out. No doubt we are rising slowly. Camp 48, barometer 21.02 inches. The first two hours of the afternoon march went well. Then we got on a rough rise and the sledge came badly. Camped at 6.30, sledge coming easier again at the end. It seems astonishing to be disappointed with a march of 15 statute miles, when I had contemplated doing little more than 10 with full loads. We are on the 86th parallel. Observation, 86 degrees, 2 minutes south, 160 degrees, 26 minutes east. The temperature has been pretty consistent of late, negative 10 degrees to negative 12 degrees at night, negative 3 degrees in the day. The wind has seemed milder today. It blows anywhere from southeast to south. I had thought to have done with pressures, but tonight a crevassed slope appears on our right. We shall pass well clear of it, but there may be others. The undulating character of the plain causes a great variety of surface, owing, of course, to the varying angles at which the wind strikes the slopes. We're a half an hour late starting this morning, which accounts for some loss of distance, though I should be content to keep an average of 13 miles geographic. Wednesday, December 27th. Lunch. Barometer, 21.02 inches. The wind light this morning and the pulling heavy. Everyone sweated, especially the second team, which had great difficulty in keeping up. We have been going up and down. The upgrades very tiring, especially when we get amongst Tortugi, which jerk the sledge about. But we have done seven and a quarter miles geographic. A very bad accident this morning. Bowers broke the only hypsometer thermometer. We have nothing to check our two aneroids. Night Camp, 49. Barometer, 20.82 inches. Temperature, negative 6.3 degrees. We marched off well after lunch on a soft, snowy surface, then came to a slippery, hard stratugi and kept a good pace. But I felt this meant something wrong, and on topping a short rise we were once more in the midst of crevasses and disturbances. For an hour it was dreadfully trying. Had to pick a road, tumbled into crevasses, and got jerked about abominably. At the summit of the ridge we came to another pit, or whirl, which seemed the center of the trouble. Is it a submerged mountain peak? During the last hour and a quarter we pulled out onto soft snow again and moved well. Camped at 6.45, having covered 13 and a third miles geographic. Steering the party is no light task. One cannot allow one's thoughts to wander as others do, and when, as this afternoon, one gets amongst disturbances, I find it is very worrying and tiring. I do trust we shall have no more of them. We have not lost sight of the sun since we came on the summit. We should get an extraordinary record of sunshine. It is monotonous work, this. The sledge meter and the theodolite govern the situation. Thursday, December 28th. Lunch. Barometer, 20.77 inches. I start cooking again tomorrow morning. We've had a troublesome day, but have completed our 13 miles geographic. My unit pulled away easy this morning and stretched out for two hours. The second unit made heavy weather. I changed with Evans and found the second sledge heavy. 
could keep up, but the team was not swinging with me as my own team swings. Then I changed Petty Officer Evans for Lashley. We seemed to get on better, but at the moment the surface changed, and we came up over a rise with hard stratugi. At the top we camped for lunch. What was the difficulty? One theory was that some members of the second party were stale. Another, that all was due to the bad stepping and want of swing. Another, that the sledge pulled heavy. In the afternoon we exchanged sledges, and at first went off well, but getting into soft snow we found a terrible drag, the second party coming on quite easy with our sledge. So the sledge is the cause of the trouble, and, talking it out, I find that all is due to want of care. The runners ran excellently, but the structure has been distorted by bad strapping. Bad loading this afternoon, and only managed to get twelve miles geographic. The very hard pulling has occurred on two rises. It appears that the loose snow is blown over the rises and rests in heaps on the north-facing slopes. It is these heaps that cause our worst troubles. The weather looks a little doubtful. A good deal of cirrus cloud in motion over us, radiating east and west. The wind shifts from southeast to south-southwest, rising and falling at intervals. It is annoying to the march as it retards the sledges, but it must help the surface, I think, and so hope for better things tomorrow. The marches are terribly monotonous. One's thoughts wander occasionally to pleasanter scenes and places, but the necessity to keep the course, or some hitch in the surface, quickly brings them back. There have been some hours of very steady plodding today. These are the best part of the business. They mean forgetfulness and advance. Saturday. December 30th. Barometer, 20.42 inches. Lunch, night camp, 52. Barometer, 20.36 inches. Rise, about 150 feet. A very trying, tiring march, and only 11 miles geographic covered. Wind from the south to southeast, not quite so strong as usual, the usual clear sky. We camped on a rise last night, and it was some time before we reached the top this morning. This took it out of us as the second party dropped. I went on six and a half miles, when the second party was some way astern, and lunched. They came on in the afternoon, the other party still dropping, camped at 6.30, they at 7.15. We came up another rise with the usual gritty snow toward the end of the march. For us, the interval between the two sites, some eight miles, was steady plodding work, which we might keep up for some time. Tomorrow I'm going to march half a day, make a depot, and build the ten-foot sledges. The second party is certainly tiring. It remains to be seen how they will manage with the smaller sledge and lighter load. The surface is certainly much worse than it was fifty miles back. Temperature, negative ten degrees. We have caught up Shackleton's dates. Everything would be cheerful if I could persuade myself that the second party were quite fit to go forward. Sunday, December 31st, New Year's Eve, 20.17 inches. Height around 9,126 feet. Temperature, negative 10 degrees. Camp 53, corrected aneroid. The second party depoted its ski and some other weights equivalent to about 100 pounds. I sent them off first. They marched, but not very fast. We followed and did not catch them before they camped by direction at one thirty. 
By this time we had covered exactly seven miles geographic, and we must have risen a good deal. We rose on a steep incline at the beginning of the march and topped another at the end, showing a distance of about five miles between the wretched slopes, which give us the hardest pulling. But as a matter of fact, we have been rising all day. We had a good full brew of tea and then set to work stripping the sledges. That didn't take long, but the process of building up the ten-foot sledges, now in operation in the other tent, is a long job. Evans, petty officer, and Crean are tackling it, and it is a very remarkable piece of work. Certainly Petty Officer Evans is the most invaluable asset to our party. To build a sledge under these conditions is a fact for special record. Evans, Lieutenant, has just found the latitude, 86 degrees, 56 minutes south, so that we're pretty near the 87th parallel aimed at for tonight. We lose half a day, but I hope to make that up by going forward at a much better speed. This is to be called the Three Degree Depot, and it holds a week's provisions for both units. There is an extraordinary little mirage up here, and the refraction is very small. Except for the seamen, we are all sitting in a double tent, the first time we have put up the inner lining to the tent. It seems to make us much snugger. 10 p.m. The job of rebuilding is taking longer than I expected, but is now almost done. The ten-foot sledges look very handy. We had an extra drink of tea and are now turned into our bags in the double tent, five of us, as warm as toast, and just enough light to write or work with. Did not get to bed until 2 a.m. Observation, 86 degrees, 55 minutes, 47 seconds south, 165 degrees, 5 minutes, 48 seconds east, variation, 175 degrees, 40 minutes east, Morning. Barometer, 20.08 inches. Monday, January 1st, 1912. New Year's Day. Lunch. Barometer, 20.04 inches. Roused hands about 7.30 and got away at 9.30. Evans's party going ahead on foot. We followed on ski. Very stupidly, we had not seen to our ski shoes beforehand, and it took a good half hour to get them right. Wilson especially had trouble. When we did get away, to our surprise, the sledge pulled very easily, and we made fine progress, rapidly gaining on the foothaulers. Night Camp 54. Barometer 19.98 inches. Risen about 150 feet. Height about 9,600 feet above barrier. They camped for lunch at five and a half miles and went on easily, completing 11.3 miles, geographic, by 7.30. We were delayed again at lunch camp, Evans repairing the tent and I the cooker. We caught the other party more easily in the afternoon and kept alongside them the last quarter of an hour. It was surprising how easily the sledge pulled. We have scarcely exerted ourselves all day. We have been rising again all day, but the slopes are less accentuated. I had expected trouble with ski in hard patches, but we found none at all. Temperature, negative 14 degrees. The temperature is steadily falling, but seems to fall with the wind. We are very comfortable in our double tent. Stick of chocolate to celebrate the new year. The supporting party not in very high spirits. They have not managed matters well for themselves. Prospects seem to get brighter. Only 170 miles to go and plenty of food left. Tuesday, January 2nd. Temperature, negative 17 degrees. 
Camp 55. Height about 9,980 feet. At lunch, my aneroid reading was over the scale, 12,250 feet. Shifted hand to read 10,250 feet. Proposed to enter heights in future with correction as calculated at end of book, minus 340 feet. The foot party went off early, before 8, and marched till 1. Again from 2.35 to 6.30. We started more than a half hour later on each march and caught the others easy. It's been a plod for the foot people and pretty easy going for us, and we have covered 13 miles, geographic. Temperature, negative 11 degrees. Observation, 87 degrees, 20 minutes, 8 seconds south, 160 degrees, 40 minutes, 53 seconds east, variance 180 degrees. The sky is slightly overcast for the first time since we left the glacier. The sun can be seen already through the veil of stratus and blue sky around the horizon. The stratuki have all been from the southeast today, and likewise the wind, which has been pretty light. I hope the clouds do not mean wind or bad surface. The latter became poor towards the end of the afternoon. We have not risen much today, and the plain seems to be flattening out. Irregularities are best seen by Stratugi. A skewagull visited us on the march this afternoon. It was evidently curious, kept alighting on the snow ahead and fluttering a few yards as we approached. It seems to have had little food, an extraordinary visitor considering our distance from the sea. Wednesday, January 3rd. Height, lunch, 10,110 feet. Night, 10,180 feet. Camp 56, temperature negative 17 degrees, minimum negative 18.5 degrees, within 150 miles of our goal. Last night I decided to reorganize, and this morning told off Teddy Evans, Lashley, and Crean to return. They are disappointed, but take it well. Bowers is to come into our tent, and we proceed as a five-man unit tomorrow. We have five and a half units of food, practically over a month's allowance for five people. It ought to see us through. We came along well on ski today, but the foot haulers were slow, so we only got a trifle over twelve miles geographic. Very anxious to see how we shall manage tomorrow. If we can march well with a full load, we shall be practically safe, I take it, the surface was very bad in patches today, and the wind strong. Latitude, 87 degrees, 32 minutes. A last note from a hopeful position. I think it's going to be all right. We have a fine party going forward, and arrangements are all going well. Thursday, January 4th. Temperature, negative 17 degrees. Lunch, temperature, negative 16.5 degrees. We were naturally late getting away this morning, the sledge having to be packed and arrangements completed for separation of parties. It is wonderful to see how neatly everything stows on a little sledge thanks to Petty Officer Evans. I was anxious to see how we could pull it, and glad to find we went easy enough. Bowers, on foot, pulls between, but behind Wilson and myself. He has to keep his own pace, and luckily does not throw us out at all. The second party had followed us in case of accident, but as soon as I was certain we could get along, we stopped and said farewell. Teddy Evans is terribly disappointed, but has taken it very well and behaved like a man. Poor old Crean wept, and even Lashley was affected. I was glad to find their sledge a mere nothing to them, and thus, no doubt, they will make a quick journey back. Footnote. January 3rd. 
Return of the Second Supporting Party Under average conditions, the return party should have well fulfilled Scott's cheery anticipations. Three-man teams had done excellently on previous sledging expeditions, whether in discovery days or as recently as the midwinter visit to the Emperor Penguin's Rookery. And the three in this party were seasoned travelers with a skilled navigator to lead them. But a blizzard held them up for three days before reaching the head of the glacier. They had to press on at speed. By the time they reached the foot of the glacier, Lieutenant Evans developed symptoms of scurvy. His spring work of surveying and sledging out to corner camp and the man-hauling with Lashley across the barrier after the breakdown of the motors had been successfully accomplished. This sequel to the glacier and summit marches was an unexpected blow. Withal, he continued to pull while bearing the heavy strain of guiding the course. While the hauling power thus grew less, the leader had to make up for loss of speed by lengthening the working hours. He put his watch on an hour. With a turning-out signal thus advanced, the actual marching period reached twelve hours. The situation was saved, and Evans flattered himself on his ingenuity. But the men knew it all the time, and no word said. At one-ton camp he was unable to stand without the support of his ski-sticks, but with the help of his companions struggled on another fifty-three miles in four days. Then he could go no further. His companions, rejecting his suggestion that he be left in his sleeping bag with a supply of provisions while they pressed on for help, cached everything that could be spared and pulled him on the sledge with a devotion matching that of their captain years before, when he and Wilson brought their companion Shackleton, ill and helpless, safely home to the discovery. Four days of this pulling, with a southerly wind to help, brought them to corner camp. Then came a heavy snowfall. The sledge could not travel. It was a critical moment. The next day, Crean set out to tramp alone to Hut Point, thirty-four miles away. Lashley stayed to nurse Lieutenant Evans, and most certainly saved his life till help came. Crean reached Hut Point after an exhausting march of eighteen hours. How the dog team went to the rescue is told by Dr. Atkinson in the second volume. At the Discovery Hut, Evans was unremittingly tended by Dr. Atkinson, and finally sent by sledge to the Terra Nova. It is good to record that both Lashley and Crean have received the Albert Medal. End of footnote. Since leaving them, we have marched on till 1.15 and covered 6.2 miles geographic. With full marching days, we ought to have no difficulty in keeping up our average. Night Camp 57. Temperature, negative 16 degrees. Height, 10,280 feet. We started well on the afternoon march, going a good speed for one and a half hours. Then we came on a stratum covered with loose sandy snow, and the pulling became very heavy. We managed to get off twelve and a half miles geographic by 7 p.m., but it was very heavy work. In the afternoon, the wind died away, and tonight it is flat calm. The sun so warm that in spite of the temperature we can stand about outside in the greatest comfort. It is amusing to stand thus and remember the constant horrors of our situation as they were painted for us, the sun melting the snow on the ski, etc. The plateau is now very flat, but we are still ascending slowly. Stratugi are getting more confused, predominant from the southeast. I wonder what is in store for us. At present, everything seems to be going with extraordinary smoothness, and one can scarcely believe that obstacles will not present themselves to make our task more difficult. Perhaps the surface will be the element to trouble us. End of the first part of chapter 18. 
Recording by Bob Stretch, Chula Vista, California.